Hey everyone, Alex here, bringing you another episode of Standing Under the Word. This week I'm bringing you a sermon Dana preached last week, a timely one about how we are to find common ground, to see God in one another, to let our shared faith, if we share a faith, or at least the shared image of God in one another, permeate how we interact in these uh, divisive times we live in. So in just a moment, you'll hear our scripture reading, a portion of uh, one of the letters Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, and then you'll hear Dana's sermon. This week, um, you'll have to wait a little bit for the talk back due to some scheduling and some sick kids. Um, we will be recording the podcast for this week next week. So next week, you'll get two talk back episodes in addition to my sermon coming up from this Sunday. So apologies, it'll be late, but it will be coming. But we do have Dana's sermon for this Sunday. So here is our deacon, and then you'll hear Dana. Good morning, my friends. Good morning. This morning's scripture is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. This is the beginning of a letter from Paul to the Corinthians. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you may be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. <laughs> For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Meredith. Friends, would you pray with me? Good and holy God, bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts that they might be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. At first glance, our scripture can appear as a babysitter trying to enforce a ceasefire among siblings. Can you just please try to get along? Paul is writing to the church at Corinth because he's concerned. He sees them dividing themselves by their favorite leader. I belong to Apollo. I belong to Cephas. I belong to Paul. The question is really, how would South Church divide ourselves? What might your favorite leader be? Don't answer that question, I already know. 
It's Alex. I know. I know. It's okay. And Alex even has a cup of coffee to stay awake this morning for my oh. sermon. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. I had to just call him out a little bit. Friends, I read this scripture, though. It's lectionary for this week, so it comes up in the three-year preaching cycle. And I read it in light of everything happening in our country, and I couldn't help but think about all the ways we are divided. We're divided by geographical lines. There's New Englanders, Southerners, Midwesterners. We're divided by politics, liberal and conservative, Republican and Democrat, Green Party, Libertarian. We're divided by religion, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, atheist. And then in those religions, there's so many divisions and denominations and splits and fractures. Probably one of the most passionate ways we're divided is by our favorite sports teams, right? We're the worst here in Boston. Because it's not just being a Red Sox fan. It also means hating the Yankees, right? And it's not just about being a Patriots fan. It's about a sense of superiority that comes with that. <laughs> this is why Paul was concerned. Because divisions often lead to a sense of hierarchy. Someone's better. Someone's more important. Someone's loved more, right? These divisions aren't just about separate but equal. These divisions are ways that we draw fault lines between us, the ways that we separate and divide ourselves as a country and as people. So Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, reminds them to be of the same mind and same purpose. He reminds them that their true identity isn't in their favorite leader, it's not in their favorite sports team. It's not in their political party. It's not in their geographical location. Their true identity is in Jesus Christ. Their true identity is in their faith. Their true identity is in seeing themselves and one another as children of God, loved and cherished by God, our creator. Our denomination, the United Church of Christ, is the only denomination that is formed out of mergers, not divisions. We came together as a denomination from four separate denominations. We were formed in 1957. And one of the things that's held us together is our motto, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, diversity, in all things charity. So in essentials, in the core of our faith, we seek unity, we seek oneness, we seek commonality and shared faith. In the non-essentials, we allow space for diversity, space to practice and live our faith in different ways, to worship in different ways, to love different kinds of worship music, to practice our faith in our own unique way and in all things charity, in all things kindness. Whether we agree or not, we practice kindness and respect for one another. You've most likely tuned into the news this week and you've noticed, it's hard not to, 
first and foremost, the impeachment hearings. And whether you're tuning into Fox News or MSNBC, you're probably hearing political commentators say that our country hasn't been this divided since pre-Civil War times. It's sad and disillusioning the ways that we're divided as a country, the ways we're separated. It's sad how deep the fault lines are running in these times. Yet what I want us to remember, friends, that our job in these days is to build the kingdom of God here on earth. And the kingdom of God isn't just made of people that look like us, act like us, believe like us, live like us, and vote like us. The kingdom of God is beautiful and diverse and has a wide array of humanity. And when we think about building the kingdom of God, I want you to know that it starts small. It starts with building relationships. It starts with connecting with those right in your own lives. You don't need to fight all the battles on social media. Leave that to someone else, right? It's about starting with your family, with your church, with your community, with your coworkers, with those you can sit eye to eye with, with those you can share a cup of coffee with. That's how we build the kingdom of God on this earth. It starts with understanding that the kingdom of God has oneness, but it isn't sameness. Yes. It has unity, but not uniformity. Right? In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, diversity. In all things, kindness. <clears throat> this past week, I sat down at the conference table in our library for an interfaith gathering. Around that table sat Jews, evangelicals, progressive Christians, Hindus, and atheists. We sat around that table and we gathered to be in dialogue with one another, to build a sense of trust with one another. And in those conversations, I was reminded that every time I gather for intentional dialogue with people who believe in different ways, I walk away with a deeper understanding of who I am and who God is. And I know that starts from a place of trust. It starts from looking one another in the face. It starts with kindness, and it starts with openness, from speaking from our own beliefs and not needing to speak for another, and from listening with open hearts and open minds. So this, my friends, this week, you might not have the opportunity, that's probably one of the privileges of my role, to sit in these kind of interfaith dialogues, but I encourage you, when the world out there feels so disillusioning, so full of despair, I encourage you to start small, to start with a cup of coffee, to start with someone in your life, and to be open and to reach out and to build a relationship with someone who is different from you. I encourage you to remember that your true identity is not in any of these earthly identities. It is in being a child of God. So I encourage you to look at one another 
as children of God, loved and cherished, with a sense of curiosity and wonder. Build the kingdom of God one step at a time, remembering that it's about oneness, not sameness, unity, not uniformity. The kingdom of God, my friends, is like a beautiful orchestra. We need all the parts. We need the piccolos and the flutes, the violins and the violas, the trumpets and the trombones and the French horn. God is the great conductor in that orchestra. God yearns to take all the parts we play to bring harmony and justice and joy into the world. Won't the church say amen? amen.